pilgrims. It's time for your favorite world-traveling, Bible-toting, soul-winning, Satan-hating, tried, tested, and triumphant host, Pastor A.J. Harold. Just a quick reminder to not be weary in well-doing, for as peculiar pilgrims, we're just watching, waiting, and working. Buckle up, and let's ride. As I prepared for this week's episode, I'm enjoying a cup of coffee that my daughter Sky just made me. She makes me coffee like no one else. I mean, including myself. I can't even make it the way she does. Also, just a quick shout out to Sky because she's 13 years old today. Happy birthday, baby girl. For you coffee lovers, there's nothing like hearing a nice cup of coffee being poured into your cup. When we're at a restaurant, I like a good waiter who will constantly bring refills before my cup ever empties out. Just knowing that someone is pouring me a cup of coffee is awesome. Well, I'm not just filling in the time here, but I wanted to bring your attention to the word pour, like pouring a cup of coffee. The word pour is defined this way, to throw as a fluid in a stream, either out of a vessel or into it. Now, when I think of out of a vessel, pouring out of a vessel, I remember one time throwing out my coffee. I had some just some old coffee or maybe it was just cold and I wanted to get rid of it and wash the cup. So I threw the coffee out of the cup. And when I flung the cup, the handle of the coffee cup broke. It just broke right off in my hand. I even sliced my pointer pointer finger, and I really struggled. I thought, really? I just broke the cup just because all I tried to do was pour out. I tried to throw the fluid out of the cup, and I broke the handle right in my hand. That's the picture I get when I read the first definition of pour. To throw as a fluid in a stream, either out of a vessel or into it. But the second definition is this to emit, to send forth in a stream or continued succession. Now, I'll explain why that definition is very important in today's podcast in just a few minutes. In addition to that, though, the third definition is the one that I'm really going to emphasize right now. The third definition is to send forth as to pour out words, prayers or sighs, to pour out the heart or soul. That's a big deal. Pilgrims, our desire ought to be to pour out our words through prayers, through pouring out our heart and soul to the Lord and even to one another. The fourth definition means this, to throw in profusion or with overwhelming force. So allow me to put these four definitions together for placing the proper emphasis on the word pour that I'm chasing today. Pour is defined this way. Again, I'm taking all four definitions, and here we go. Pour is defined this way, as sending a substance from one vessel into another vessel with words or prayers from the heart with overwhelming force. Pilgrims, I want my life to be characterized as an individual that pours his life into the lives of other people. 
Isaiah 44 verse 3 says this, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thine offering. This is a good description of what I want to be said of my life. I want to pour out my life into those who are thirsty. I want to pour my life into the lives of my children to the point that I influence my grandchildren through them and even my great-grandchildren through my grandchildren. I want to encourage you this week. I want you to get to the point where you are pouring your life completely out into the lives of other people on a regular basis. Let's just look at a very familiar story in the Word of God to help gain a better understanding of our lives being poured into the lives of others. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 1 says this, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha. This is what she said, Thy servant my husband is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. In my opinion, this widow's husband was a good man and a provider, but he's passed away and no doubt the widow was unable to pay her debts and also provide for herself and her two sons. This widow woman, even after the death of her husband, praised him by saying this, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. Men, how's your service to the Lord before the Lord and before your family? What a great testimony this man had. Nevertheless, he's gone, and the situation is bleak, to put it mildly. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 2 says this, And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. This poor widow, I can hear the desperation in her voice by simply reading that verse. I mean, she says, Thy handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. One more meal, that's it. One final act of love from a widow, a mother, to her sons, and that's it. Things were very hard for her, no doubt, yet she reached out to the man of God, and he asked her these two simple questions. What shall I do for thee? And then he also said, tell me, what hast thou in the house? Pilgrims, all she had was a pot of oil. I wonder how many pots she owned. I wonder how hard it was to maybe repeatedly look in her cupboards, you know, just in case. Just in case there was something that she missed. Nevertheless, all she had in all of her house was a simple single pot of oil. As the story continues, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 3 says this, Then he said, that's Elisha, Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. 
the man of God had a plan. Yet the widow woman and her sons had a job to do. This week at Solid Rock, my dad preached a message about how Hannah so desperately wanted a son. And in that message, my dad said something that I won't soon forget. He said, basically, Hannah did what she could. And what he was referencing was the fact that Hannah couldn't get pregnant on her own. Hannah tried in her husband to have a child, but she couldn't. So she did what she could, which was Hannah went to prayer. Hannah prayed. Elisha told the widow woman to go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. Borrow, not a few. Pilgrims, let's make sure that we do what we can do in our lives, and then pray and watch God work. This widow had a need. I mean, honestly, it was an impossible need in our view. Yet, she had to do what she could by following the instructions from the man of God. Elisha continues in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 4. And this is what he said. And when thou art come in, so he sends the widow woman out, he sends the two sons out, go borrow many vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and thy sons and shalt pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Now, I hope you're getting the picture thus far. The one vessel that had enough oil to sustain them for just one more meal or so was to be used. That vessel was to be used to pour into the, quote, not a few vessels that they borrowed. Second Kings chapter four, verses five and six says this. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet another vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. No longer were they going to be hungry. Now they could eat. They now had enough provision to eat and eat well. But what about the debt and the fact that the boys were going to become bondmen from the creditor? 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 7 addresses that. The man of God says this, As she came and told the man of God, he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. What a miracle! This widow woman had a need that only God could fill. She, no doubt by faith, went to the man of God in the first place, and listened. Now, it's important for you to understand this. She poured her complaint out to the Lord through the man of God. What's that? Yeah, her complaint. Psalm 142, verse 2, the Bible says this, I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. Where do we go with our complaints? Let me help ease the tension here, just in case you're struggling with this word complaint. The word complaint has a few different definitions. The first part says expression of grief, regret, pain, censure, or resentment. It means lamentation. 
It also means murmuring and a finding fault. Now, we think complaint just goes right to murmuring and a finding of fault. But don't forget the first part. Here we find the widow woman just expressing her, again, the first part of the definition, her grief, her pain. She did all of this to the man of God. She was lamenting to him and he saw it. And therefore he could have said, I'm going to deal with this sin of complaining, but he didn't. He listened to her complaint and all he did was address her complaint with instructions that she followed and God blessed. Pilgrims, I want to be that vessel. When we repent and believe the gospel, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, when we get saved by grace through faith, when we, like Pastor Burton Gates says, get born again, when we get saved, we are sealed unto the day of redemption. We are sealed by the Holy Ghost of God. He's the oil that takes up residence in our vessel. But what do we do with that oil? Do we hoard it? Do we keep it to ourselves? I hope we don't. But in complete and total contrast, instead of hoarding it, let's pour our lives, if you will, the oil of the Holy Spirit into the vessels or the lives of other believers and non-believers. Let's be a blessing and not a burden. I believe the first step that we must take, this can be found in Psalm 62, verse 8. Trust in him at all times. Ye people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us, Selah. We're supposed to stop. We're supposed to pause. We're supposed to meditate on this verse. Trust in him at all times? Yes, trust in him at all times. Even when I'm on my last vessel and I only have a little bit of oil in this big old house? Yes, trust him, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Like the widow woman, we must go to God or the man of God and seek help. Yet the second step cannot be a rejection of the instructions. As soon as the widow woman received the instructions, she went to work. Acts chapter 9 tells us of the conversion of Saul, the persecutor of Christians. And immediately on the road to Damascus, after he surrendered to Almighty God, the Word of God says this in Acts chapter 9, verses 6, 7, and 8. And he, that's Saul, trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the man which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth. Why would Saul if you will, arose from the earth. He did exactly what God instructed him to do. He arose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, he saw no man. So before this, Saul could see. He opens his eyes as he's getting up to obey the instructions of the Lord, and he finds out he's blind. So instead of quitting, the Bible says, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Saul was obedient, even with the ailment of blindness, something that was new to him. 
and yet he trusted in the Lord anyway. After speaking to the Lord, he received instructions and he trusted and obeyed. And do I even need to tell you that Paul poured his life into, well, he poured his life into everyone. After his encounter with God, he fully surrendered and spent the rest of his life pouring his life into any vessel that was willing to be poured into. Sadly, I have to say that was willing to be poured into. There were vessels that rejected the message even after the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. Acts 26 verse 28 tells us about Agrippa. The Bible says, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, that's also Saul, his name was changed to Paul. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. In other words, Agrippa said, Paul, I see what you're trying to pour into me. And I believe it for the most part. I just don't know. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. My children sing a song entitled, I Want My Life to Count for Jesus. I'd like to share that again with you on this episode, and then I'll come back to you right after they sing. Here we go.
pilgrims, remember the first commandment in the Word of God. That first commandment was to be fruitful and multiply. That was given to the animals first, and then it was given to mankind. Let's use our vessels to pour our lives completely out into other vessels. Let's be fruitful and multiply. Pilgrims, start pouring and never let up. Thank you for listening, and I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends and family. We would not exist if it were not for pilgrims just like you. If you'd like to donate to help us with the cost of these productions, use Cash App at Peculiar Pilgrims, and you won't regret it. Also, you can email us anytime with your compliments, complaints, critiques, and even criticism at peculiarpilgrimspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, fellow pilgrims, never let up.